everyone and welcome to episode four of the Sussex Local Podcast, recorded in August 2020. In this episode, we tell a story of feasting, hunting, hanging and dancing, plus a 48-yard garden table. What could it all mean? Stick around to find out in our Sussex history slot. And don't speak too soon, but it looks like the sun's out this summer. Great stuff, as long as you don't get sunburn. Nick Koish, our resident health guru, talks us through staying safe whilst having our fun in the sun. And do you love comedy as much as I do? This episode's competition prize is a chance to win tickets to the hilarious improvisation comedy, which is TV's The Noise Next Door in November. This is all lovingly wrapped around our succulent Sussex snippets, news from across the counties you might not have heard elsewhere. So, let's get stuck in. When Worthing Theatres closed in March this year, nobody could have anticipated the gravity of the crisis. Worthing Theatres and Museum CEO Amanda O'Reilly has confirmed plans for a phased reopening of Worthing Theatre venues from Saturday the 8th of August. First to open is the permanent collections in Worthing Museum, closely followed by a screen arts programme at the Connaught Theatre and later in the year, comedy nights at the Pavilion Theatre. Sussex Wildlife Trust is delighted to have been awarded a grant by the National Lottery Heritage Fund for their Wild Coast Sussex project, thanks to money raised by National Lottery players. Project activities will include a wild beach education programme for children, citizen science surveys, projects with young adults, beach cleans and recycling of marine litter, including end-of-life fishing gear and ghost gear removed from the sea. To get involved, visit sussexwildlifetrust.org.uk. A multi-million pound project to radically improve health services for tens of thousands of Worthing residents has taken a big step forward. After months of detailed work behind the scenes, Worthing Borough Council has formally submitted a planning application to create a health hub on the Civic Centre car park in Stoke Abbott Road. Have you been enjoying visits to the beach this summer? Bathing waters at all three EU-designated bathing beaches within the Chichester district have been classified as excellent, the highest classification possible. Recent results show bathing waters at Bracklesham Bay, West Wittering and Selsey meet the bathing water directive's strict water quality standards based on bacteria levels, placing them amongst the best beaches in the country for water quality. In this episode of Sussex History, we tell a story of a few days feasting, hunting, dancing and hanging, a 48-yard garden table and six brand new Knights of the Realm. Yes, Elizabeth I knew how to make a splash. Here's Georgia reading David Johnston's account of Gloriana's Wild Week at Cowdery Park near Midhurst. The Queen Elizabeth Oak Tree from Elizabeth I Visits Cowdery by David Johnston. In 1591, Queen Elizabeth, in one of her progresses, stayed at Cowdery in an old pamphlet printed by Thomas Scarlett and sold by William Wright, dwelling in Paul's churchyard near to the French school, the honourable entertainment given to Her Majesty by the Lord Montacute is fully described. The Queen, having dined at Farnham, arrived at Cowdery with a great train about eight o'clock at night, on Saturday the 15th of August. 
Upon Her Majesty coming in sight, loud music sounded, which at her entrance on the bridge suddenly ceased. Then was a speech delivered by a personage in armour, standing between two porters carved out of wood, he resembling the third, holding his club in one hand and a golden key in the other. The speech was full of flattery of the Virgin Queen, and at its conclusion, the Queen accepted the key, saying she would swear as to the fidelity of the master, and having alighted, she embraced the Lady Montague, and the Lady Dormer, her daughter. That night, the Queen took her rest in the velvet bedchamber. Next day, being Sunday, Her Majesty was most royally feasted, three oxen and 140 geese forming part of the breakfast. On Monday morning, about eight o'clock, the Queen with all her train rode into the park. Here, a nymph emerged from a delicate bower, and singing a sweet song, accompanied by music, presented the Queen with a crossbow. With this, she killed three or four deer, some thirty of them having been previously enclosed in a paddock for the occasion. The Countess of Kildare, the only lady of her train who ventured to shoot with Her Majesty, having brought down one of the deer, thereby incurred her royal mistress's displeasure, and it is said she did not afterwards dine at the royal table. In the evening of the same day, about six o'clock, sixteen bucks pulled down by greyhounds on the lawn, all of them having fair law. On Tuesday, the Queen was feasted at Easebourne Priory, and after dinner visited the walks. Here she was met by a man in the habit of a pilgrim, his coat and hat being of russet velvet, with scallop shells formed of cloth of silver, who having delivered himself of the flattery Her Majesty loved, conducted her to an oak whereon Her Majesty's arms, and all of the arms of the noblemen of the shire, were hanged in escutcheons, guarded by a wild man clad in ivy, who, in his turn, delivered a speech. This being ended, a bugle sounded, and there was a cry of hounds, and, three bucks having been pulled down, they returned to Cowdery to supper. On the Wednesday, the Queen visited the close walks, and after hearing most exquisite music was brought to a fish pond, where she was treated to still more flattery in the form of a dialogue between an angler and a netter. After this, the Queen was sumptuously feasted in the walks, and in the evening again, witnessed bucks pulled down on the lawn. On Thursday, a table forty-eight yards long was spread in the private garden. Here, the Queen, with all her attendants, sat down to dinner. In the evening, the country people were allowed to present themselves before the Queen, and danced with tabor and pipe before her, the Lord Montague and his lady joining them. The next morning, Friday, she departed towards Chichester. Before mounting, she conferred the honour of knighthood upon six gentlemen, Sir George Brown, Lord Montague's second son, Sir Robert Dormer, his son-in-law, Sir Henry Goring, Sir Henry Glenham, Sir Nicholas Parker, and Sir John Carroll. Guy Fawkes was a member of the Montague household, about 1592 and the following years. When the gunpowder plot was discovered in 1604, this and other suspicious circumstances caused the second Lord Montague to be brought before the Star Chamber, 
by which he was fined £4,000 and sentenced to imprisonment during the king's pleasure. He was released after nearly a year's confinement in the Tower of London. If you would like to read more from David R. G. Johnston, a Sussex author, photographer and artist, you can find his website at www.davidjohnston.org.uk. In the summer of 2020, as the lockdown eased, a local Sussex community was surveyed to find out if they wanted to go back to the old normal or whether they wanted a different future, a more sustainable and climate-friendly one for Stenning, Bramber and Upper Beading. Over 450 people completed the survey across all age groups. Some of the goals, as part of an emerging vision for a more sustainable community by the year 2030, included a big shift to electric cars, producing clean, renewable energy at scale locally, and zero-carbon buildings and retrofitting. Created in 2013, Community Works connects charities, volunteers and businesses in Brighton, Hove, Ada and Worthing. The organisation has recently seen a rise in demand for trustees from local charities and community groups. With much of the local response to COVID-19 being delivered by these groups, they are now seeking trustees from a wide range of backgrounds and experiences to help steer them through the next phase and beyond. A major long-term investment in developing and promoting tourism vital to local jobs and the post-COVID economy was made by Chichester District Council this month. The council has made a decision to treble its annual funding to £150,000 as part of a five-year plan to ensure that the communities of Chichester, Petworth, Midhurst, Selsey and the neighbouring villages are able to benefit in full from the tourism pound. A brand new Dream Home Prize draw has launched, offering people the chance to win a four-bedroom house by the sea worth over £1 million, while also supporting two hospices in Sussex. With tickets priced at just £2, the winner could walk away with the mortgage-free property in a few weeks' time. The competition closes on 31st of August 2020, and tickets can be bought at dreamhomeprizedraw.com. What a summer we're having. It's the best I can remember for years, for the weather anyway. I'm a real sun worshipper, but like many people, I have to be careful I don't fry. Too much sun is not only temporarily painful, but can also lead to longer-term problems. Nick Koish, who runs his osteopathy practice in Storrington, takes us through how to enjoy the great weather safely. So on to sun safety tips now. And most of this is common sense, but we can all do with a little reminder from time to time, as it's easy to get complacent and go outside unprepared, especially here in England when people just want to drop everything and go out there and make the most of it when we do get a sunny spell of weather. First of all, make sure that you never burn. There's no safe or healthy way to get a tan. A tan won't protect your skin from the sun's harmful effects, and the longer you're exposed to it, the greater your risk of developing skin cancer. Spend time in the shade between 11am to 3pm when the sun's at its hottest. Cover up with suitable clothing and sunglasses. An example would be a wide brimmed hat um, that shades both the face, neck and ears. Long loose clothing, um, close weaved fabrics, that type of thing and sunglasses with wraparound lenses. 
So um, take extra care with children as well. Their skin is more sensitive and easily damaged, increasing their risk of skin cancer developing in later life. On the topic of sunscreen, it's recommended in the UK that you use at least SPF 30, according to the NHS website, or the Cancer Research UK recommends factor 15. Uh, this is to protect against UVB rays. So if you want to err on the side of caution, then always go with the higher protection. And also with UVA protection, the rating should be at least four stars, and you can find this on the little bottle that you get with the lotion in. The other thing to look out for is that the sunscreen isn't past its expiry date. Most of them will have a shelf life of between about two and three years. If you're planning to be outside in the sun for a long period of time, the NHS recommends that you apply twice prior to going out, once 30 minutes before and again immediately before you go out to all areas of the skin that will be exposed. For reapplying, be sure to do so liberally and frequently and according to the manufacturer's instructions. And you'll also need to reapply straight after you've been in water, even if it's a water-resistant lotion, after towel drying, sweating or when it may have rubbed off. On top of that, it's also recommended that you reapply every two hours regardless because the sun can dry it off your skin. If you do get burnt, the first thing to do is cool the skin down with water and then apply a soothing after, after sun creams or spray like aloe vera. People who need to take extra care in the sun are those with pale white or light brown skin have freckles, red or fair hair, tend to burn in the sun rather than tan, have many moles, a medical skin condition, or those who are only exposed to intense sun occasionally, for example when they're on holiday uh, in a hot country, um, or if they have a family history of skin cancer. The good news is, for those with uh, naturally brown or black skin, then you're less likely to get skin cancer, although it still can occur to anyone. A word on moles and freckles, if you do have lots of them, then your risk of getting skin cancer is higher than average, so be sure to take extra care. Keep an eye on your skin for things like new moles or existing ones that may change in size, shape or colour and report these to your doctor as soon as possible as skin cancer is much easier to treat if it's found early. And finally, regarding sunbeds, the British Association of Dermatologists advises people not to use them or, or sun lamps because they can actually be more dangerous for you than natural sunlight as they have high concentrated uh, source of UV radiation. The associated health risks to using these are skin cancer, premature skin ageing, sunburned skin and eye irritation. So there we have it. Hopefully this hasn't completely put you off uh, having fun in the sun. Remember though, as long as you do prepare well for your outdoors adventures and apply the necessary protective measures, then a good time can still be had by all. On that, word, on that note, enjoy the warm sunny weather and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks, Nick. More details of Nick's services can be found on his website, nicholaskoish osteopath.co.uk or give him a call on 07817 
An East Sussex survey has revealed that more than one in three people, 35%, said they felt closer to their community as a result of the virus. A similar number, 36%, felt there was no change and a slightly smaller number at 28% said they felt more distant. Despite COVID-19 leading to the postponement and cancellation of many events, the Chestnut Treehouse Little Hampton 10K is back with an exciting twist on Sunday the 6th of September. Instead of running the set route on Littlehampton Seafront, runners across Sussex will be setting off from their own homes alone, with a running buddy or in a small socially distant group at 9.30am, running a route of their choice. Visit the Chestnut Tree House website to enter. The organisers of the Coronuovo Sussex Young Musician of the Year competition are delighted to announce that internationally renowned and Olivier Award-winning conductor Mark Wigglesworth has been confirmed as the second judge of the 2020 competition. The deadline for application to the Coronuovo Sussex Young Musician of the Year competition is midnight on Sunday the 30th of August 2020. The winner will be announced in a live virtual award ceremony during October 2020. For more information or to enter, visit sussexyoungmusician.org.uk. Are you looking for a confidential space where you can share what's troubling you? Independent charity Chichester Counselling Service welcomes new clients for weekly one-to-one online and telephone counselling. They have been supporting the local community and surrounding villages for more than 40 years and their counsellors can help with a wide range of issues including anxiety, depression, loss, relationships, life stages and work problems. Fees are charged only to cover running costs. Get in touch by emailing office at ccs-counselling.org.uk or find out more at ccs-counselling.org.uk. Ready to banish the 2020 blues and laugh your socks off? Then pay attention to this episode's competition, which I know you're going to love if you're a fan of improv comedy. Here's Sussex local editor Chris with all the details. If you're ready for a good laugh, enter our competition to win a pair of tickets to see The Noise Next Door Through Time, a hilarious family show brought to you by Britain's premier improv troupe. Join the undisputed masters of off-the-cuff comedy for a side-splitting, jaw-dropping, time-travelling adventure that's fun for literally everyone. Dinosaurs? Egyptians? Robots? Where do we go next? It's up to you. Your suggestions are transformed in the blink of an eye into ferociously funny scenes and songs on a journey through history to the future and back again. As seen on BBC One's The One Show and ITV One's Tonight at the Palladium, we have a pair of tickets available to see The Noise Next Door at the Connaught Theatre Worthing on 28th of November at 2pm. More information can be seen on www.worthingtheatres.co.uk. To be in with a chance of winning a pair of tickets, answer the following question. Which channel featured The Noise Next Door? A. Channel 4 B. BBC One or C. BBC Two. You can enter online at sussexlocal.net forward slash features forward slash competitions or you can send your answer and full contact details to us. The address is the Noise Next Door Competition PO Box 2237 Pulborough RH20 9AH. The winner will be drawn after the 1st of September. 
Good luck. This podcast was presented by me, Kat Sims. The script was written by Georgia Brown. Theme music was composed and performed by Jimmy Sims. Audio production and mixing also by Jimmy Sims. And the podcast was produced by Jeff Nutbeam from Sussex Local. Sussex Local.